Welcome from the Las Vegas Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are at the EMS World Expo, the largest EMS event in North America, where over 5,300 EMS professionals come from over 44 countries to unleash their potential. This is EMS World Presents Stories from the Expo, an archive of the 2017 EMS World Expo. It has been awesome. I'm, you know, besides the fact we're in Las Vegas, it, there, it's just that there's all this equipment I'm looking around here in the exhibit hall is just is just outstanding. It is beyond I'm beyond belief. I saw I think I saw something that looked like a freaking time capsule um, that was just blew me away. That they're trying to keep patients in for isolation purposes, and then just the new stretchers stuff like that, and also just the people around here. Like the, there's so many so many intelligent people that can give you feedback, that can tell you of their experiences. That it's just such a big learning experience. Like. Whenever I got done with my presentation, you know, this, this doctor came over and gave me ideas about it that were just phenomenal, that I, was, I, I, I literally didn't even think of it. And I thought to myself, like, this is, this is a really good idea. And I thanked him, and we kind of talked about it more and more because you have these people who know way more than you do and know, like, they're, you know, they're beyond you. And, you can, you gotta, you can, all you can do is try to understand what they're talking about. So it's a, it's a great experience as far as learning and just, you know, being exposed to all this new technology and what the future may look like is just a really awesome thing. So I'm Justin Saunders. I'm a, a student at Western Carolina University studying to be a paramedic. We have a research class that we have for school and re, like a part of that research class we have an opportunity to submit an abstract for research. We submit it and then if it's chosen then we come to EMS World and then we get to do an oral presentation. And Basically it's just a predictive model um, for, a, for comparing cardiac arrest like ROSC rates, and if, if you don't know what ROSC is, um, it's pretty much resuscitation. After as someone's heart stops, we work on them just to get a pulse back. And so what our, what our study does is it predicts, like for a specific patient, based on like certain demographics that, you know, we, we can't control, like, you know, the patient's age, the gender, um, if like bystander CPR was done before we got there. Uh, those kinds of variables are, are put into a logistic regression analysis. And it basically just spits out a number that allows us to know what the probability of ROSC is going to be for that specific patient. And the whole point of it is, is, to, is to find a way to evaluate our performance. So because so we don't want to compare ourselves to other agencies, you know what I mean? Because we have different patient populations per agency. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a way to kind of fairly say who's doing better at their agency um, like in, per month. So I'll give an example. So like you, you may have an agency and you have a chart and like you and you what you want to do is you kind of see where you should be at as far as so like for a patient you want to get they have a 62% chance of getting ROSC back. Okay. You you come and work on that patient, your agency comes and works on that patient. And so since it's 62%, it's over 50%, so we expect them to get ROSC back, like a pulse back. So if you do not get the pulse back, then what it does is it, it, it makes it so that administration from EMS can do it like a quality, a quality investigation. And then once you have that, since you have not gotten rocked back, they're going to figure out what did you do wrong there or what, you know, what should you do differently next time. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, say if you, they have a 62% chance and then you end up getting rocked back, they're saying, okay, what did you do to get this, to get this patient back? So right now, it's, it's really early in the process because this is kind of a, because we, we did a, like an accuracy. We, we kind of checked our accuracy of the model um, by, by using a, you know, a um, development set and then through a validation set. And so the accuracy is um, 
was on a rock curve is what we saw and it was 0 0.7, 0.7% accurate. Okay. Yeah, and so, but right now, the, only, the problem is right now is that we were limited to a study within North Carolina. So like how well North Carolina's current practice, we can't say that that's the optimal practice. You know what I mean? We can't say this is the best way to, to approach this, this, uh, this predictive model because this is how you're supposed to do it, this is how you're not supposed to do it. If we have like a, like a national data set, then we'd be able to kind of look at, then that's when we could start maybe comparing agencies of who's doing optimal care because their ROSC rates are way better than everybody else in the whole country. And we also don't, we also don't have certain covariates in there, like comorbidities is, an, is one like you know, medications or like any kind of pre-existing heart conditions, something like that. We don't have that included. Um, and we also, um, like bystander AED, that's another one. Uh, things like that is stuff, is stuff we want to include into the next model.